Hi everyone. The FutureEconomy.ca partnered with the Canada Council for the Arts on our second installment of the series celebrating research excellence in Canada, which features the winners of the Killam Prize. In this interview, Hannah Little, editor at the FutureEconomy.ca, speaks with Arthur Ripstein, professor of law and philosophy at the University of Toronto. They discuss why Canadians should pay attention to philosophy in our day-to-day lives, philosophy's connection to our future economy, and why he'd pitch our governments to fund curiosity. Enjoy. This interview and the Celebrating Canadian Research Excellence series are presented by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Killam Trust and produced by thefutureeconomy.ca. Hello, my name is Arthur Ripstein. I'm a professor in the Faculty of Law and Department of Philosophy at the University of Toronto. First, I want to say thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview with us. And congratulations on being the 2021 winner of the Killam Prize in the Humanities. Thank you so much. If you could please give us a brief summary of your main area of focus and also describe what winning the Killam Prize means to you, your team, and the work that you do. So I work in legal and political philosophy. And over my career, I focused on a number of fundamental questions that political philosophers ask. There's an old joke that philosophers answer questions that come naturally to children using tools that come naturally to lawyers. And so the question that comes naturally to children that is the basis of all of political philosophy is the question, why do you get to make the rules? Children ask that of their parents all the time, but we as informed citizens ask that of our rulers. Another question that children ask is, is that fair? And that, too, is a fundamental question of political philosophy, and I've devoted my career to trying to develop answers to that question. I was absolutely thrilled to learn that I had won the Killam Prize. I started working on the political philosophy of Immanuel Kant about 25 years ago, and I, when I started, it, there was some good work on it, but it just was not getting the kind of attention that I thought it deserved. And now it is getting both scholarly attention and now the great honor of the Killam Prize. On the concept of torts, that's a specific focus of yours. Um, can you explain to our audience what a tort is and why you chose to focus your attention on it and also... Um, what is relevant about it to our lives. So a tort is a private wrong, that civil wrong where one person commits a wrong against another. Lots of familiar examples. Someone is driving carelessly. A waiter spills hot coffee on a customer. Someone fails to take care of their compost heat. It spontaneously combusts and burns down the neighbor's house. These are all private wrongs where the person who has been injured comes before a court and says, that person is not allowed to do that to me. So I find tort law extremely interesting because it raises two of the fundamental questions that any society has to confront. The first of these is the question of how people are allowed to treat each other. When I complain that someone has wrongfully injured me, What I'm saying is there is a moral rule, a social norm, or should be a legal rule saying that people aren't allowed to treat each other that way. In addition to that, 
the law of tort deals with the further question every society has to face of whose problem it is when something goes wrong. Sometimes when something goes wrong in your life, you inadvertently leave the stove on and ruin one of your pans. It's just your problem. Other times when something goes wrong in your life, it is someone else's problem. And the law of tort is a, one of society's systematic means of thinking through how to distinguish between those different categories. And because of that, it's intellectually extremely interesting. I also teach tort law because torts is, it turns out, the most fun subject of all to teach. And so, because it has better examples than anyone could ever make up. Why should Canadians in their day-to-day -day lives pay attention to philosophy? Um, like We know it's relevant to Canada's legal system, but how is it relevant to our future economy? There's a way in which any reflective person inevitably pays some attention to philosophy because some of the fundamental questions that organize our society are questions that are philosophical rather than technical. And some of the hardest challenges that we face in Canada in the coming decades are actually f philosophical and moral and social problems rather than technical problems. So let me just give you a very short and incomplete list. We have all kinds of issues of privacy that are brought forward by big data. There are technical questions about how to protect privacy, but there are also philosophical questions about when to protect privacy. There are all kinds of questions raised by the possibility of unemployment, income inequality, and more generally, coming to terms with all kinds of technical change. We want to do so in a way that's maximally inclusive. We want to make sure that it is properly attuned to the needs of all Canadians. We need to, again, protect against opportunistic behavior by people with the wrong kind of entrepreneurial abilities who want to capture our political institutions. We need to safeguard our democracy but we have to understand what our democracy is and why we value it. And those are philosophical questions, not technical ones. If you could pitch to someone in a position of power to strengthen research excellence in Canada, who would you pitch and what would you urge them to do? Canada's research excellence rests on recognizing that the most important innovations don't come from studying a well-defined problem, but by the curiosity of leading researchers. They should continue to fund and expand their funding of what is sometimes called curiosity-driven research. And they should do that not just in the sciences and medicine, where the payoffs are visible and the time horizon reasonable, but also in the social sciences and humanities, because as I said, the hardest questions facing us as a society are not technical questions. They are questions about how we can live together as free and citizens of a democracy.